listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Showtime. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today I'm tackling that age-old question, dogs have rhythm. <laughs> that brings me to my rant of the week. Now, the economy has taken a bite out of the holiday fun and out of our wallets, so many of us are looking for cheap thrills, fun things we can do without spending a lot of money. But virtually 100% of Pet Peeves listeners out there already have the answers to lots of fun. Yep, I'm talking about your dogs. And for the very brave, innovative individuals, maybe your cats, too. You see, with the popularity of reality shows like Dancing with the Stars, it seems like a no-brainer to wed the idea of pet fun with fancy footwork. No, I'm not talking about dirty dancing. I'm talking about doggy dancing. And my guest today is the founder of the World Canine Freestyle Organization, Patty Ventry, an innovator and a marketing maven, as well as a dog trainer, writer, and an animal advocate, will clue us in on all the must-knows about fancy paw work after these messages from our sponsor. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. (laughs) 
We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm talking with Patty Ventry, the founder and chief cheerleader of the World Canine Freestyle Organization, a sport that has dogs and their humans smiling and bebopping to the rhythm. Patty competes with her dogs and conducts demonstrations all over the world. Welcome to the show, Patty. Hi, Amy, and thank you for inviting me. I look forward to this. Well, what I like to do, Patty, before anything else, is let listeners learn a little bit about my guests. So tell us a little about yourself, What, especially what furry critters share your life and your love. What kind uh, of dogs do you have? I have two wonderful dogs. Um, my oldest dog will be nine on November 29th, and she is a Border Collie named Dancer that I have since she's four months old. And she was my first dancing partner. And that's how I learned. Her and I learned how to dance together. Went through all the hurdles and had the most fun I've ever had in my life doing any sport. Um, she's black and white, and uh, she's very small for Border Collie, and she loves to dance. Uh, most of all, though, what she loves best, and I do too, is the bond that we share together that makes this dance routines possible and makes us do them so well. My second um, dance partner and my second love of my doggy life here is Sassy. And Sassy is a mixed breed from England. She is a Chinese crested powder puff crossed with a papillon. Um, some people are calling these dogs designer breeds, but I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was um, <clears throat> specifically bred for no genetic defects a good work ethic, a great lovable personality, and intelligence and speed. And she has all of that, along with the most voracious appetite I've ever seen <laughs> in a little eight-pound wonder. <laughs> so sassy, sassy and dancer, the names really suit both of these dogs, it sounds like. Yes, they do. Um, Sassy's, Sassy's full name is Sassy's Glamour Girl of Darden. Um, and Dancer is Quicksilver Ready to Dance. So um, they're both totally suited. Dancer and I have exactly the same forward um, horizontal movements and the same vertical movements. So we pair very nicely for dance. And Sassy is is just learning. (laughs) How old is Sassy? Um, Sassy just turned three. We had wonderful time with the terrible twos, and that was a little bit um, tough because it, you have to have a dog's attention in order to dance. Well, Sassy could find a million things that she was more interested in than <laughs> dancing, uh, but that's kind of matured up a little bit, so we're having a good time, too. <laughs> well, Patty, I wanted to ask you, what is your background in dogs? You know, a lot of us, we grow up with dogs. We love having them. Some of people compete in dogs or are breeders. What's your background, and how did you get into this? My background is probably very different than most people's. I always had a dog in my life. It was either one that I found on the street or uh, we adopted or someone gave me. Uh, Okay, it it was never, um, it could be a mixed breed, it could be a a pedigree dog, it it never mattered to me, but I always had a dog. 
And my dogs did what most family pets do. Um, you know, they ate, they sat, they came. Um, house training was successful with some and not so much with others. <laughs> and uh, they were the real family pet, you know, hanging out with television, sleeping in the beds, um, you know, all of that. I never had, I was never involved in any dog sports at all until I got dancer. Um, how I got involved with this was my business life. Uh, which I owned an ad agency and public relations firm that was what we call in New York a boutique-type agency that catered strictly to the pet industry. So I, I became involved with sports like agility and, and obedience for my pet food clients who were trying to foster the concept of responsible pet ownership through training okay. and okay. also shelter programs. Okay, so you kind of backed backed into uh, dog sports, uh, but you came you came also had a background in uh, dancing and skating and some of the choreo- choreographed human sports. Anyway, yes, that uh, that side I had. I, I was a um, skater from nine to twenty uh, when I was in college and it got too much. I skated all over the world, uh, pairs and dance. And in my 30s, I got involved in ballroom dancing. It started with Latin and then street hustling and then re- revolved to Roseland and all the big dance studios in New York and uh, did that for many years and loved it. And that when, and those were the two favorite things I did with my life, you know. And I loved my company and I loved my business. And when the concept of putting music dance, choreography, and, and my favorite animal, a dog, together, it just kind of evolved. It was like, oh, wow, this is really cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had to, I was in charge of noontime activities at Big Obedience and Agility events, and we wanted to bring families and children in to watch them and get involved in adopting dogs and training dogs. But it was very intense. It was very kind of almost boring, you know, watching dogs go through all of these intense exercises. Not much fun or laughter going on in the ring. And at noontime, I had an hour to present things to capture these people. And when I presented the dancing dogs, (laughs) that was great. There have been more dogs adopted from canine freestyle than I would say almost any other sport. We do, uh, and all of us do work at shelters. We go to nursing homes. We go to orphanages. We go to hospitals. And, um, you know, it, it's just a wonderful sport to communicate with, to get people, uh, put a smile on everybody's face. <laughs> well, yeah, and the dog smiles from, you know, the tail wagging in. So it's <laughs> Yes, that's a very famous expression by uh, one Darlene dog, Arden. dog riders, Darlene Arden, that's smiling from both ends. It's so true. If you watch a canine freestyle performance, and you can see a lot of them, um, I'm sure, even on your own websites, um, you'll notice that the dog is looking and it's got a little grin and the tail is going. <laughs> and, you, and you look at the expression on the um, people's face, and if everything's going well, they're smiling too. So it's such a great fun thing, you know. Yet it is the most difficult sport you can train for with a dog. Well, I'm wondering, I know that I can just imagine what some of our listeners are thinking right now that, uh, you know, 
well, my dog only dances when the can opener runs, you know, and that's, are dogs really interested in this idea or are humans just being a little eccentric? Do dogs, I've heard people say that are in, involved in the sport, well, my dog picked the music. Now, how does that go? That is extremely true, along with my dog choreographed that move. <laughs> okay, <laughs> trust me. Um, dog, you know, dogs have diff- different dogs have different kinds of hearing. Also, you as a person may react differently to certain kinds of music. Um, when you're figuring out what kind of music works well for you and your dog, you have to take into consideration what you're physically capable of moving to the beat with. And if you're smart, what the gait of your dog is and what suits your dog. So, yes, there's certain music that suits dogs better than others, but the music that truly suits the dog is the one that when the dog hears it, the head goes up, the tail starts to wag, and and you can see the feet starting to prance. (laughs) The dog likes it. It it, kind of hears the beat. It kind of gets a sense of the sounds of it, whatever it sounds like. I mean, I'm not a vet, so I don't know how dogs hear, but you can actually see it in the dog. And you can also get a a reaction from a dog with um, music. Um, uh, To give you a, for instance, uh, I was doing a big demo in Charleston, South Carolina for a big charity. And I thought I would dance to Judy Garland's Swanee. And I would practice here with my headphones and um, play the music and, and there was Judy singing and then it would be instrumental and Judy singing and then it would be instrumental. And then when the weather got bad, I would be practicing at home and every time Judy started to sing, Dancer would start to go, oh, and whine with like <laughs> low screeching mom, I'm in excruciating pain sounds <laughs> coming out of her. And I just figured, well, maybe the, it was echoing in the living room or, you know, she, it was, you know, she didn't like it. I don't know what, you know, but I had, it never entered my mind that it would be an issue. Well, when I finally got to South Carolina and I got in the arena and I started my routine with starts with instrumental, everything was going great. As soon as Judy started to sing, so did Dancer. And Dancer <laughs> did not shut up. Until Judy shut up. She never missed a beat. She never missed a move. But she just figured, if this lady's going to sing and get my mother's attention, I'm going to sing too. So I had to do this routine four times a day for two days. I had such a headache when it was all over. Um, But I learned myself a good lesson. (laughs) But there's a lot of that. Okay, well, we're going to find out more about World Canine Freestyle Organization after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams, every week on demand. 
only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back. And speaking with Patty Ventry, the founder of the World Canine Freestyle Organization and owner of Ventry Advertising. Now, in that capacity, she travels all over the world for her own and clients' behalf. Welcome back to the show, Patty. Hi, Amy. Thank you. We're having a good time, I hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted folks to, to learn a little bit more. What exactly is the WCFO? Is this just an American phenomena, or are uh, dogs dancing all over the world? Dogs are dancing all over the world, and it stands for the World Canine Freestyle Organization. Um, we have member- individual memberships, and we have clubs. We have two clubs in Australia. Uh, we have three clubs in Holland. We have a club in South Africa. We have Canada. We have clubs all over the world. We just um, started a new kind of membership, partners, organizational partners, and um, a very big Japanese pet dog trainers association has just joined WCFO as a partner, and they have over 1,500 members. So we have close to um, six, 7,000 members active every constantly every year, and then we have another eight to 10,000 people that go in and out or, or actively purchase from us or may enter one competition. So, yes, it is very global, and people are dancing all over the world, and the ones I really love are what I call the closet dancers. They have... Ah got great routines. <laughs> they email me little things or they'll send me a DVD of this fabulous routine, but they're afraid to get out there and do it in public. Uh. So I spend a lot, a lot of time trying to encourage them <laughs> in many languages, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was um, I was right in saying that you are the you are the chief cheerleader of the organization and of, of the uh, of the um, the dance itself. I so believe in this sport. Uh, my my beliefs come from several different areas. Number one, you just develop dogs are social animals, and they need to have a good relationship with their owner. This is such a social sport, and you must be social with your dog in order to be successful. At the highest level, you can't give hand signals, d- demands. You need to speak. You need to give verbal commands. Because if you're doing a waltz, you have a certain kind of arm movement. And if you're doing a merengue, you have another. So bye-bye hand signals. So you need to be able to communicate. And this sport enhances the communication between a dog and its owner. So how do you train the dog? How Are some dogs better suited than others to, to this? I mean, I can just imagine a basset hound shuffling, a lot, you know, shuffle off to buffalo while, you know, an Afghan is doing something entirely different. Exactly. Okay, the biggest thing about this sport is any dog can dance as long as the owner is willing to take the time and work with their dog and recognize the assets that that particular dog has. 
okay? You cannot expect an Afghan to do a routine that a Border Collie will do. But the person okay. who owns the Afghan certainly can figure out moves that are so particular to that team that makes that bonds with that team that can go out there, present a wonderful routine that's there, sort of like Torval and Dean. Okay. Sure. Um, but then there'll be Dancer and I. We will come out and we, we will do something absolutely different. But I know my dog, my dog and I move together in perfect unison and we make our team and moves that we create, some Dancer creates, some I create, um, <laughs> are totally suited to us. But they would not be suited to an Afghan. So, you know, and that particular day in competition, if the Afghan does their routine perfectly, they get first place. If I do mine perfectly, I get first place. You know, there, there's no saying that this sport is controlled or the best teams are Border Collies, Goldens, not like that at all. Our top dog right now is an English Springer Spaniel. Ah. We, we, yeah, we've had German wire hair pointers. Um, I'm taking a um, silky terrier to to uh, a big show in Long Beach, California, in a couple of weeks. A uh, Swedish Valhund <laughs> is part of my team. So the key what? here is it always goes right back to that bond and understanding between the owner and the dog. You well, tell me, about the, tell me about the competitions. What do judges look for in a winning routine then? It, it, it's, um, it's judged very much, much like skating, ice skating. and You, you can look at it at pairs and, and ice dancing because we have two divisions. One is musical freestyle. That's like pairs. Freestyle. Anything goes. Distance work, jumps, flying over the heads, whatever you can possibly do and imagine without endangering yourself or your dog is allowed. The second division we have is heel work to music. You may not jump. You may not have distance. You must be very close together. And that's very similar to ice dancing. In both of those, the judges will look for two things. Technical merit, which is precise execution of every move you do, both by the person and the dog. Content. How high is the content? How varied is it? Did I see um, 25 moves or did I see three moves with variations on that move? So you've got content, you've got precise execution, you've got difficulty, and you've got stepping in time to the music. That comprises the technical merit. Then you have the artistic impression. And this is where it gets a little subjective. Uh, okay. okay. The heaviest mark there is the animation, attitude, and bond between the owner and the dog. Then you got to go to the choreography, how the routine has been laid out and mapped out and presented in the arena. I mean, is someone just running around in circles and making an X in the middle? <laughs> or do they have intricate choreography and it, uh, you know, or have they done this really fantastic move that they started at one end and did it diagonally for 80 feet without missing a beat? Um, has, have they danced with full upper body movement, um, the dog's tail wagging, the music that they selected, the costume that the handler is wearing and the collar, 
um, and the moves that they've, they're doing, does it all gel together? In other words, did they come out in a cowboy hat with a, you know, a country western boots and do a Viennese waltz? Ah, that's not going to work. Or did they come <laughs> out and do boot scootin' boogie with the cowboy hat with the boots, you know, and the moves were all very staccato and too steppy like. And the dog, you know, was dancing along with the same kind of attitude and the same kind of rhythm. Well, so, so how the, do, what kind of what kind of expertise do the judges have then? Do they have a dance background or a dog background or both? The well, that the one of the our most difficult jobs as the World Canine Freestyle Organization is we are training, governing, and certifying judges. It takes a good two years to train a judge. The judge can come from. Um, it can be. Um, an obedience judge that's certified by the American Kennel Club, the United Kennel Club. It can be an agility judge. Um, it can be a choreographer who knows about dogs and has some dog background. Um, it could be a confirmation breeder who is also a dancer and does know a little bit about obedience and, and handling. So the judges are coming from kind of a combination of backgrounds and then they can also come from the evolution of freestyle like I did okay I the hardest part for me was learning about the dogs and and what's precise execution and what the breed is capable of and and not expecting every dog to come out and look like a border collie understanding <laughs> that you know if the new fee is going to spin it's going to do it in a six six-foot circle and take, you know, ten seconds instead of, like, <laughs> the border collie's going to do it in a half a second and, and need, like, you know, three inches. <laughs> so that was hard for me, but I came with the dance and the skating and choreography and ballet background. So met, judges are coming from many different areas. We have several wonderful um, AKC obedience judges who um, have evolved and done a great job in judging this. But they had to learn about dance and music. I, I remember one of them was judging, and uh, the, the routine demanded a change of pace. So the, the team was doing half time or half beat to the music, and wow. then they did double time, okay, and then the judge failed them. Because to her, in obedience, you walk and then you run around. And that's a change of case. So the head, the judge's advocate, had to educate her. So she had to go learn about music and learn that there is, you know, half beats, full beats, triple beats, triple time. Um, so, you know, it, there's a lot of, and it's fun learning, you know. Well, I'm an equal opportunity pet lover and radio host, so um, I'm throwing out a rhetorical question. What about the cats? I mean, they now have feline agility. Uh, that Maybe that's a topic for another show. But uh, is there any sort of feline freestyle competitions on the horizon? I don't know if they're competitions, but I do <laughs> know that there are people dancing with their cats. I have seen it myself. I have been at a, an animal behavior and pet expo, and there was a, a very famous lady there um, who deals with cats and training cats. And she actually had a cat dancing and doing quite a lovely job. Ah. So, so I was fascinated. 
you know, a cat has a total different um, movement and attitude than most dogs I've seen. Um, so it, it, I think it was really intriguing, and it would be interesting to see if that really took off. You know, I, I don't, I'm not an expert in that area. Okay, great. Well, we are out of time, but I would like to thank my guest, Patty Ventry, and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. To learn more about the World Canine Freestyle Organization, check out their website, www.worldcaninefreestyle.org, for all the must-knows about dancing with your dogs. Tune in next week on Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio to hear more about what hisses you off. You can also email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. For free behavior and care tips, check out the new Pet Peeves newsletter available from Shajai.com. Purrs and woofs until next time. Enjoy your dog. Find ways to help him or her enjoy interacting with you. Build that bond. Hey, maybe he was born to dance. So the next time he prances around the room, turn on the music and boogie together. After all, you don't want him to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.